What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a couple of SEC running backs not expected to go week one. We'll give you the latest on Kentucky's Chris Rodriguez and LSU's John Emery. Also, who's in the driver's seat for quarterback battles at Auburn and AM? Could we get a starter announced today, this week? We'll give you the latest there. And we'll get you caught up on the practices from over the weekend at Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and more. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start over at Kentucky as running back Chris Rodriguez will reportedly be unavailable for Kentucky not only week one, but week two in their big game against Florida in their SEC opener. According to Kentucky Sports Radio insider Matt Jones, he tweeted out, he's hearing from program sources that Kentucky's stud running back is going to be suspended for at least the first three or four games. Jones indicated Rodriguez is uh, absolutely going to miss the Florida game on September 10th. He says, hearing from a couple of sources that he'll be out three or four games. Final total will be determined sometime this coming week. Justin Rowland of Rivals chimed in, shared that he's also hearing a four-game suspension is on the table. Uh, Matt Jones detailed that the punishment comes from the university, not the head coaching staff or Mark Stoops. He says the Chris Rodriguez punishment comes from the school it encompasses his DUI arrest and another situation. It stinks losing him for the Florida game, but two months ago, I was worried the school would make a longer one, so overall, good news. Now, in May, Rodriguez was arrested for DUI where he pled guilty. Uh, last season, of course, rushed for almost 1,400 yards, fifth on Kentucky's single-season list and nine rushing touchdowns. He uh, There's another rumor out there that possibly was doing a job where he was taking payments and wasn't on the books and not being tracked and not part of an NIL deal. So take that for what you will. But, uh, yeah, on the surface, you go four games for a DUI seems a bit much uh, compared to what other schools typically give players that get that. But this seems like it's something in addition. That Florida game, by the way, will be uh, in Gainesville on ESPN, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's Kentucky's only conference uh, game in the first four weeks. Kentucky will also face Miami of Ohio in week one, then Youngstown State in week three, and Northern Illinois in week four. So you can get by with Chris Rodriguez in those three, but that uh, SEC opener against Florida in week two, you are definitely going to miss him in that one. Now, speaking of running back troubles and guys who are not likely to be available week one at LSU, Brian Kelly been very complimentary of their running back, John Emery, a lot of people assumed was going to be the starter this season. Well, Brian Kelly speaking with the media over the weekend says that, uh, look, Leonard Fournette is not in this backfield. We don't, ha- we don't have that marquee guy, but all of them complement each other well. And when he was asked about John-, John Emery, Kelly said he could not comment on anything 
unrelated to football because of a law protecting the privacy of student records. Perhaps an indication there are lingering issues tied to his academic suspension that sidelined him for majority of last season. Everything that he's done for us has been outstanding in football, Brian Kelly said. Anything else that arises would not be anything that I can comment on because of privacy rights. So I think you guys can put the rest together. Basically saying he's not in good standing academically with the school. and He's got to get that figured out. And basically assuming Brian Kelly's telling us he's not going to play in that opener against Florida State in the Superdome in New Orleans next week. John Emery rushed for 378 yards and three touchdowns in 2020. And uh, looking like Penn State transfer Noah Kane probably going to get the start for LSU with Armani Goodwin backing him up. Uh, Noah Kane rushed for 350 yards and four touchdowns last year with Penn State, but likely going to be running back by committee for LSU. But when will John Emery get in there? Sounding like it will not be September 4th in the LSU-Florida State game. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, they held a scrimmage on Saturday. The Tide entering a year as heavy favorites to win the national championship. A lot of people put them as a preseason number one team, but some question marks still at certain positions, specifically the cornerbacks in the secondary. Eli Ricks and Kyrie Jackson dealing with injuries currently. After Saturday's scrimmage, Nick Saban talking with the media said Eli Ricks was dressed to play in the scrimmage, but the Tide are not rushing him back. He said Eli dressed out, went through warm-ups, but we held him out because he really hadn't practiced, and I think he'll be ready to go on Tuesday of this week. As for Kyrie Jackson, Saban noted that he scrimmaged the majority of the time on Saturday, uh, and he said about two-thirds of the time, maybe three-quarters of the time. He's making progress. He was able to practice the last couple of days, probably half the time, so he's making progress. Thought he did a nice job out there. So who will start at corner for the Alabama Crimson Tide? That is a big question, and uh, obviously a lot of people expected the big five-star transfer from LSU, Eli Ricks, to lock down one of those spots. Or Kyrie Jackson, you know Kool-Aid McKinstry's got the number one spot locked down, but uh, obviously some injuries and a battle still ongoing there. Also at Alabama, their running back Emmanuel Henderson was the number two running back in this past year's recruiting class. Nick Saban said, I feel good about the five running backs that we have. Emmanuel Henderson, he's been working with the receivers some, and he's done a nice job of making progress there. Henderson is six foot one, 185 pounds from Hartford, Alabama, was a four-star prospect ranked number 59 in the 2022 class. So maybe a little position change there. Emmanuel Henderson moving from running back over to get some work with the wide receivers. And speaking of running backs at Alabama, Jameer Gibbs speaking with the with the media for the first time since transferring from Georgia Tech. He said uh, on his decision, I think it was the best opportunity for me to better better myself. Not knocking my former teammates. I love them. I still talk them every day, to them every day. But I just made the best decision for me. Gibbs is also a very experienced kick returner and talked about uh, his speed, vision, and ability to read the blocking speed uh, scheme. He said the holes, they could be gone like that. You really got to hit it with speed. Uh, Gibbs is expected to be Alabama's starting running back and uh, they open the season in, uh, in coming up in the next couple weeks. And uh, as for playing alongside Bryce Young, Gibbs said it's been great. Bryce is very smart, very instinctive. He knows exactly where the ball is going to be placed before it's snapped. It's crazy. I don't even know how to explain it. Over at Georgia, Kirby Smart and company, they are going through their 
uh, scrimmage uh, scrimmages, and on Saturday evening they had one. And notably, running back Kendall Milton and wide receiver Kyrus Jackson were held out of the scrimmage. Offensive tackle Ernest Green also been dealing with a hamstring injury. Kirby said, yeah, we had some nicks and bumps and bruises today. I don't know the outcome of all those yet. Kyrus, I think his ankle or Achilles was bothering him, so about halfway through the scrimmage. Uh, he thought he could could have gone on, but we ended up holding him holding him out. Kendall Milton did not go on Saturday, but said he's doing much better. He's really cr- close to being back to full speed, having not practiced. We're not going to put him out there because he didn't practice before the scrimmage. But he should be back full speed, and Ernest Green still struggling with that upper leg injury. Uh, Kendall Milton missed much of last season with that sprained MCL that he has sustained in the practice ahead of the Florida game. Also had shoulder problems early in the season last year. So uh, we'll see what Kendall Milton status on him and Kyrus Jackson are in the coming days. Meanwhile, the backup quarterback battle at Georgia still ongoing. Stetson Bennett, we know, is the starter, but who will back him up? You got redshirt freshman Brock Vandergriff, sophomore passer Carson Beck. Kirby Smart said, well, they're all different. Those are two different guys. They each possess different parts of what Stetson does well. So the thought process there is we want to find out who's the best guy, who gives us the best opportunity to win. Beck has seen limited action for the Bulldogs following an injury to JT Bennett in Game 2 last season. In that game and three others, uh, he has totaled 176 yards passing. Vandergriff was the number four quarterback in the class of 2021 and the number 17 prospect in the nation. Meanwhile, on Saturday, freshman running back Andrew Paul for Georgia suffered an injury during the second scrimmage, limping off the field to be evaluated. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that. There you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. We've still got plenty more to get into, including the latest on quarterback battles, particularly at A&M and Auburn. We'll get you caught up to it. That in just a second. But I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Look, there is no better place to get you started for the start of the college football season than BetOnline.net. They were the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports, particularly college football. They are your number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews uh, for all their different uh, sports that they cover. And BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Before you place any bets this season, go to betonline.net. They should be your daily resource. You should bookmark it, have them on your phone every morning when you wake up. Go check betonline.net, see what they've got brewing for you. they got uh, live in-game betting advice, scores, podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to betonline.net today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn about all the action happening today and the season ahead. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. Roll along here, locked on SEC, and uh, we got plenty to uh, continue on here with uh, around the conference. Plenty of news coming out of the weekend. Uh, thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump back into it. More to cover going on around the conference, and we got to go to... Auburn, with two weeks left until Auburn opens the season against Mercer at Jordan-Hare. The race for the starting quarterback is nearing an end. Saying the decision is going to come sometime this week. 
Tigers will get into game week for the September 3rd kickoff. T.J. Finley, Robbie Ashford continuing to get the majority of the first-team reps with Zach Calzada miss, mixing in and working with the twos and threes for much of their scrimmage this past week. And a lot of folks saying the most experienced player in the offense after having played in the system last year, T.J. Finley continuing to do the things that Brian Harson and new offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw are looking for in their starting quarterback. Again, the decision has not been officially made as of this podcast, but Brian Harson really hinting at it. He said, quote, you can tell who your quarterback is when you walk into a room, I think. That guy's sitting there, has his notebook out, he's dialed in, he sits in the meeting room, knows the answers, he's flowing with the coach. He's one of the first guys out there in the field getting warmed up. He's got command of what's going on. It's every single thing. We're talking about T.J. Finley, particularly what he brings to the table. Brian Harson said, TJ's got a coach's mentality. He sees things out there. Not everybody conceptually picks things up very quickly. It takes a little bit of time, but TJ has got that mentality. So we will see. Is it going to be TJ Finley as Auburn's starter? Man, it sure feels like he's in the driver's seat now. And you know, a lot of us thought maybe Zach Calzada was going to be in the driver's seat. He played pretty well for AM much of last year. Of course, his marquee resume win beating Alabama. But uh, T.J. Finley battled inconsistency down the stretch for Auburn last year when he took over for Bo Nix. Some inaccuracy issues, throwing passes low or high or whatever. But seems to have worked out a lot of those kinks. It seems to have gotten better, and the coaches are impressed with him and has performed pretty well at Auburn's latest practices. So kudos to T.J. if he is going to be the guy at Auburn. Sounding like if they name a starter this week, it's going to be T.J. Finley starting their season opener over at Auburn. Now, meanwhile, over at Texas A&M, Haynes King a year ago, he won this starting job, and now he is battling Max Johnson, the LSU transfer coming in. And according to Chris Lowe of ESPN, he tweeted out over the weekend, still one more preseason scrimmage for Aggie football. Jimbo Fisher told me he likes his entire quarterback room, but the feeling I get is that Haynes King will be the starter. King has thrown it very well in camp and is one of the fastest players on the team. Another report I read said King has been playing some of his best football in training camp and his strengths are popping. He's finally fully healthy off of his season-ending ankle injury a year ago and he looks to be playing at full speed. Seems like he's added some strength too. Looks like he has more zip on the ball on last season and I know they like his uh, running ability as well. So nothing against Max Johnson who ended up uh, being the starter for much of last year for LSU, but it sounds like Haynes King has the upper hand at AM. So, really, our four SEC schools that we still have quarterback positions open, I would expect some announcements coming this week. But if we had to bank on it, the betting favorites right now would be Haynes King at Texas AM, TJ Finley at Auburn, Jaden Daniels at LSU, and sounding like Jackson Dart at Ole Miss, although somebody I talked to over the weekend said still 50 50 between him and Luke Altmeyer. But I defer to. You took the Jackson Dart through the transfer portal from USC. Brings a lot of experience. I would think that maybe Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are going to lean towards Jackson Dart. But we'll see. Those are our predictions here for Locked on SEC this week. Some other notes going on around the conference. The Swamp is going to be full on opening night. University of Florida announcing all single-game tickets for their season opener on September 3rd against Utah have been sold out. There are still some tickets available as part of full-season packages, they said. Uh, Florida, of course, will debut Billy Napier, their new head coach. Some of the sports books have the Gators as a two-point underdog at home against Utah. 
who's coming in ranked in the top 10 in the preseason polls. Florida's not lost a season opener since 2017 when they lost to Michigan 33-17 over in Dallas. You have to go all the way back to 1979 to find the last time a new Gators head coach lost his season opener. So uh, that game will broadcast on ESPN on uh, September 3rd. Meanwhile, Billy Napier had a lot to say over the weekend following Florida's uh, second scrimmage. He said on Sunday, uh, talking about the improvement of the offense and the running backs, uh, he said, we were much improved offensively. No turnovers until the final play of scrimmage during the two-minute drill. He also updated uh, backup quarterback Jack Miller is likely to miss the first two games of the season after undergoing thumb surgery, but Florida's hoping he can return by week three. So he said there's some competition going between Jalen Kitna and Kyle Engel for the backup spot backing up Anthony Richardson. On the running backs, Billy Napier said we're improving there. I think we've got some guys in that room that could play winning football. Even our young freshman, ATN, has shown flashes. So we've got some guys there. Napier also said there were some positives from the scrimmage, but it was not our best tackling day. So we need to be much better with gap integrity on defense. One more note on the offense. He said there's another level of detail that we can get to there. Anthony Richardson, again, uh, poised to have a big year. And uh, Billy Napier said, for us to win, Anthony, we're going to uh, play to his strengths. The key is he makes the right decisions. There's no question we're going to use Anthony's legs. It's part of who he is and what we do. For us to win, he's going to have to make the right decisions. So uh, interesting to see what Florida can do in year one under Napier. Meanwhile, over at Kentucky, Will Levis can, uh, receiving some preseason Heisman hype. The uh, Kentucky quarterback said, look, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't look at any of that stuff. None of that's ever mattered, so why should I care about it? See what uh, kind of year Levis can have this year. His numbers were good last year, not great, but some people think he can make that Joe Burrow-like leap this year. Uh, some people thinking he could be a first-round pick in the NFL draft next year. In the ever-changing uh, landscape of Mark Stoops challenging other coaches uh, verbally, Shane Beamer returning the uh, the volley to Mark Stoops this past weekend. Uh, Mark Stoops had an exchange with Ryan McGee and Marty Smith at SEC Media Days that uh, was taped a few weeks ago but just aired a couple of days ago, and Stoops' comments appeared to refer to Shane Beamer's viral video where he put the sunglasses on and was dancing in a TikTok video. Uh, he said, it's easy to change the climate. You just uh, you just change a uniform. Talk a little game, dance around, put on some stupid sunglasses. You can change a climate. Well, Shane Beamer ended up uh, chiming in this past weekend and said, make no mistake about it. The climate in our facility is hot right now, but the culture is a hell of a lot hotter. Uh, Mark Stoops asked about it over the weekend and responded to Shane Beamer's response and he said, look, the comment had nothing to do with Shane Beamer. He said it was a shot at himself for when he took over Kentucky and was doing some silly things to try to change the culture there. Kentucky will host South Carolina at Kroger Field on October 8th, so we'll see if uh, any bad blood <laughs> spills over there between Stoops and Beamer. Meanwhile, over at uh, Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz and company talking with the media over the weekend, and some bad news for two Mizzou linebackers. Carmica Glass and Chuck Hicks going to miss the entire season, according to Eli Drinkwitz. Glass had season-ending surgery for an existing injury, while Hicks suffered a torso injury in their most recent scrimmage. So bad news there. Arkansas going to have a wide receiver enter the uh, transfer portal. According to Matt Zenitz of On3, Jaqueline Crawford 
is uh, going to hit the transfer portal. He arrived at Oklahoma in 2018, was a four-star recruit, uh, signed with OU, had to sit out the 2020 season in Arkansas after transferring in, appeared in seven games for Sam Pittman's group. So we'll see where he ends up. And lastly, uh, Josh Heupel and Tennessee continue to build their roster, uh, talking about big expectations for Cedric Tillman, and he said that Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman have been connecting on some one-on-one battles. And uh, he said, I feel like they're both playing at a really high level right now. Still no update on wide receiver Brew McCoy's final eligibility clearance. But the Tennessee administration has done everything they can for him, Heupel said. Parts of this are out of McCoy's control, out of Heupel's control. He said, we've done everything we can on our end. So now it's just on the NCAA to give him the go-ahead and one more note in recruiting, a nice pickup on Sunday for, uh, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. That's Aiden Williams, a four-star wide receiver out of the state of Mississippi, committed to play for Ole Miss in the class of 2023. It's the number 24 wide receiver in the class, number two player in the state of Mississippi. So big pickup there for Lane Kiffin's group. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next... We're going to touch a little bit on a report from Chris Lowe on SEC realignment with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. How are they going to do the scheduling? Chris Lowe has a little insight on what how that is going to work. We'll get you caught up to date on that in just a second. Continue on here Locked On SEC and wanted to get to this as uh, college football Constantly changing. Of course, we know Oklahoma and Texas are coming in very soon. And Chris Lowe of ESPN reported over the weekend that he is hearing that uh, the model that uh, teams are going to likely use in 2025, again, could happen before then, but when Texas and Oklahoma joined in 2025, he says that athletic directors and coaches would prefer to go to nine league games and play a 3-6 format. He placed emphasis on Texas A&M reporting that Aggies AD Ross Bjork told him that added revenue and being able to play more rivals make it a no-brainer. We've heard about this with several schools like, you know, that want to have those permanent crossovers. And you know, there was some talk of, is it just going to be one permanent crossover? Is it going to be two? How do you do it? Well, you know, a lot of people looking at A&M saying, well, they got to keep the rivalry with Texas. They got to keep, you know, Texas has to keep the rivalry with Oklahoma. So you got to have at least two in the crossover, and then what makes sense regionally? You know, you want Georgia or you want Auburn to be able to play both Alabama and Georgia every year, right, to keep those uh, rivalries intact. So a 3-6 format. Again, expanding to nine SEC games, you're going to play an extra SEC game uh, every year, but uh, you would have the three permanent crossovers and the other six would rotate. So you'd get to see more teams more often, it would seem. Uh, but again, uh, money and opponent scheduling perspective, clearly going to be a big part of this when Texas and Oklahoma get to the SEC. Chris Lowe said, um, again, this could happen sooner rather than later. 2024, when's the buyout going to come to get to Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC sooner? Now, some other thoughts from around of the other conferences. President of Florida State, Richard McCullough, he was talking this past week and said, we're trying to do anything we can to think about how we can remain competitive at Florida State. We are expected to be win- to win, and we are going to be very aggressive. FSU 
has been speculated as one of the schools alongside Clemson and possibly Miami that would be open to coming to the SEC should the league decide to expand to possibly 20 schools. So it uh, makes sense. Florida State's right there in the footprint. You've got to drive through Tallahassee to get to Gainesville if you're coming from Mississippi or Alabama or whatever. So uh, it would make sense for Florida State to be in there. Clemson, of course, a great program right there near South Carolina who would make sense geographically to add. In addition to that, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda turning some heads uh, speaking at a speaking engagement just a couple of days ago. He was talking about the Big 12, and he said they're currently having conversations about more expansion in the Big 12. He said, I know there's still opportunity in our league for expansion and potential suitors. I think that's pretty real, and that's kind of happening right now. Talks are happening right now. Throughout the offseason, there have been reports that Big 12, Pac-12, and ACC potential moves after the Big 10's latest round of expansion, adding, adding USC and UCLA. Aranda made a notable slip-up when talking about teams that the Big 12 is adding. He said, look, I love the league. Cincinnati coming in, UCF, Houston, and he said Utah. He messed up. That's BYU coming in. Uh, but he said, I think that the, those teams fit the Big 12 mold and culture, and I think the brands are going to be way stronger. So we're not done with the expansion talk. Are we done with it in the SEC? Time will tell, but, of course, Oklahoma and Texas will be here very, very soon. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. We had tons to catch up on from the weekend that was. And again, we thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We've got plenty more to talk about this week. It's officially game week. We didn't really touch on it on this episode, but Vanderbilt is going to play a football game on Saturday. Granted, it's in Hawaii. Granted, Hawaii's supposed to be pretty bad. Granted, Vanderbilt's supposed to be pretty bad, so it could just be an all-around bad football game. But we are going to preview that game uh, this week. We're going to catch up with Andrew Allegretta, who is the play-by-play voice for the Vanderbilt Commodores. We'll find out how terrible of a trip it is going out to Hawaii with him as they are out there all week. Also, we'll play a little bit of our conversation with Anthony Orgy, linebacker from Vanderbilt. We talked with him SEC Media Days uh, a couple weeks ago. We didn't get to play that on the show, but we'll play that for you ahead of Vanderbilt being the only SEC team to start the college football season this weekend. So we'll talk about that throughout the week. We'll also continue to talk about some of the other SEC quarterback battles and some of the camp notes as we get ready for game week for the majority of the SEC coming a week from today. I am Chris Gordy. Thank you guys again for listening to us, making us your first listen. And now you can go make your second listen. Check out some of the other great podcasts all along the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got tons of SEC schools covered from Ole Miss to Alabama to Georgia, Auburn, Florida, whatever you're looking for, just search Locked On in your favorite SEC school and you will find it wherever you find your podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow. We're back here five days a week with the podcast version and the YouTube version also on uh, the video format on YouTube. If you want to go check that out, just search Locked On SEC and you'll find us there. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.